as he came in to work on these chairs and inspect these chairs, he looked at these chairs and he thought, man, these chairs, they're unusually worn, okay? There was just kind of crazy the way that these particular chairs were worn because he hadn't seen anything like that before, you know? Because people just don't wear out chairs this way, he said to himself. Well, five years later, in 1959, doctors Meyer Friedman and Ray Rosenman began to put pieces together. They had noticed an odd pattern shared by many of their cardiac patients, a pattern that centered on the chronic sense of time urgency. Patients showed irritability of being made to wait in line, had difficulty relaxing, and were anxious over delays. The patients were stressed. They were worried. They were preoccupied with their problems. Which now brings us back to the chairs in the waiting room of the cardiologist. Here's what happened. The patients who were stressed, who were worried, when the patients would come to the waiting room and sit down, they would sit on the edges of their chair and on the edges of the armrests, okay, and they would fidget, and they would move, and therefore, they wore out the very front edges of the chairs, as well as the very front edges of the chair armrests, because they were nervous, they couldn't relax, they were impatient, they were stressed out, they were full of anxiety. Well, if we were to examine the chair of your life, I bet you we'd see similar wear and tear, all right? And I say that because each and every one of us experience worry, right? We all are anxious. We succumb to anxiety, and we're impatient, and we're worried. Well, the Bible gives us some instruction about that particular malady this morning. And here's what 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you, okay? Some translations say it like this, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. So here's your assignment. We're taking a brief time out right here in our service, and I'm giving you an assignment. This is a verse that you need to have in your toolbox. You will use this one. So I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to commit this to short-term memory, and then as you leave, you've got to make the transfer and put it in long term. So you have 30 seconds to memorize this. You can cast all your cares or cast all your anxiety or cast all your worry on him because he cares for you. 30 seconds, go. Memorize it. You can just bet on it when you leave this morning. Maybe even right now, you're probably saying, I can't get this memorized. Ah, Lord, help, right? We all experience it. Well, let's spend some time working together on this particular passage, understanding it a little bit better. Uh, We're going to begin, first of all, as we try to understand this passage, we're going to begin with the word anxiety itself, or cast all your care, cast all your anxiety, or cast all your worry. That particular word is translated care, or anxiety or worry. We're going to look at it at this point, okay? 
So here's what, in the original language, here's what uh, anxiety or care really means. To look at this word, you would find that it means to divide, okay? That's what the word anxiety means, means to divide. And if you think about it, it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, we, when we get anxious and we get worried, we're, we're experiencing a division in our life. I shouldn't be this way, but Lord, help me, and I shouldn't be worried about this, and so we try not to worry. We're divided. We're divided. And this division in, uh, occurs, when it occurs, it creates instability and uncertainty in our life. And that's what anxiety does. When we're anxious, we become divided over what to do. We become uncertain, and that breeds, breeds uneasiness and creates stress in our lives. So the word translated anxiety, sometimes care or worry, means to be divided, okay? Anxiousness creates uncertainty. We're divided. We become worried. We're divided. And as you know, the list... The list of things that causes stress and causes anxiety and causes worry is long. I mean, we are divided. We are anxious about our lives. Will I become sick or not? We're, we're anxious and divided about our families, about the future. We're anxious and divided about our children, our grandchildren. We're anxious about being engaged. If you're single, you're anxious about being engaged. Will I get engaged? Lord, will I get engaged? Or you are engaged. Now you're anxious about the wedding. When are we going to do our wedding? Okay, we get anxious. We're anxious about our future. We express anxiety over success. Uh, We get stressed out about change, and then we get stressed out because not enough change is being made. We get anxious about what our neighbors are saying about us. And then we're anxious, how come our neighbors aren't saying anything about us? Then we're anxious about the rain. And then we're too anxious and stressed out because we got too much rain. Then we're anxious, all the frost is coming. And then we want frost, okay? And then we got money problems. And then we got bills to pay. And we're wondering, what we're going to do? Man, oh man, I mean, my, pl- my chair is plumb wore out. How about yours? Right? I need a new upholstery job. How about you? Well, there's good news this morning, and it's found in verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter 5. And I'm going to share with you about four observations here that we can glean from this passage that will help us deal with our anxiousness, our anxiety. So we're going to look at verse 7 together. And here's observation number one that comes. The Bible says this, cast all your anxiety on him. Just that little three-letter word, all. Cast all your anxiety on him. There is no limit to what God can handle. Okay, did you hear me on that? There is no limit to what God can handle. However, there is a limit to what you can handle. Came across this brief message. It says, it's official. Stress causes illness. In December of 2005, a team of Australian researchers scientifically confirmed a long-suspected link between emotional stress and illness. The group from Sydney's Garvin Institute discovered that a hormone 
called uh, neuropeptide Y. It's referred to as the NPY. Neuropeptide Y. When you are stressed in, in experiencing anxious, anxiousness, neuropeptide is released into the body during times of this emotional stress. And this hormone, this NYP hormone, undermines the body's immune system and literally makes you sick. Okay? So when you're stressed out, when you're anxious, experiencing anxiety, your body kicks in this thing called neuropeptide Y. And it messes with your immunity system. Okay? So, remember, all cast all your anxiety on him. Remember, God is big enough. He can handle anything you throw his way, but you can't handle it all. All right? So cast all your cares upon him. Observation number two. God never instructs us to ignore anxiety or worry. Now, the Bible never says, you know, ignore this stuff because this is a figment of your imagination. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says, why are you worrying? That's all made up. That never happens. The Bible never says anything like that. We're never told to pretend that it does not exist. And one of the things I love about God, one of the things I love about God is that he is a realist. Okay? God knows, he knows that anxiety is real. He knows we're going to worry. He knows we're going to become stressed. He understands that. He understands. Therefore, be encouraged. God does not scold you for that which is natural in your life. Let me say that again. God does not scold you for that which is natural in life. God understands that you experience anxious moments, that you become worried. He understands. Therefore, he instructs us. What does he say? He says, cast those worries upon him because he is the one who cares. So observation two, we're never instructed to ignore anxiety as if it doesn't exist. God knows that it exists. He understands. So therefore, cast it on him. Observation number three, Observation is this, cast your anxiety on Jesus. Cast your anxiety on Jesus. Now, the word that is translated cast means to throw. Cast means to throw. And this same word is used in the story of the triumphal entry. Now, what I want you to do is just let's kind of back up. Let's say we're coming up to Easter, and Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem, on the back of a donkey. Remember the story? Uh, well, anyhow, here's what Luke 19 says about that story. It says, they brought the donkey, of course, the colt, to Jesus. And it says, they brought it to Jesus. And then what it says, it says, they threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And he went along, as, and people spread their cloaks on the ground. So in that particular story, we see that the disciples and so forth took their cloaks off and they threw the cloaks on top of the donkey, okay? And then Jesus got on. 
So that's the whole idea of this casting your cares upon Jesus. You take the old cloak and you give it a toss. In fact, that's what we were doing this morning. You just thought I was trying to get out of the children's message, right? I casted the candy, okay? I threw the candy to the kids, to you guys. And I said, hey, I don't want it back. I don't want that candy back. That's yours, okay? And that's what we're supposed to do with our cares and our anxiousness and our anxiety. That's what God says. He says, throw that stuff, okay? Throw it. Don't take it back. Don't take it back. Now, the bad thing about candy and where this illustration breaks down, we unwrap it, we suck on it, and then we realize, oh, I shouldn't have it. So we say, God, you better take this. Well, just a second, I'm just about done. Yeah, suck on it some more. That's the way we are with worry and anxiousness and anxiety. God, I want you to take it all. Oh, just a second here. Let me just nibble on this for a while. Okay, God, I'm tired of it. It doesn't taste any good. We try to give it back, and then we, all right, we take it back, to, don't we? Okay, that's the game we play. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, hey, don't give and take. He says, Take and throw your anxiousness. Throw those concerns you have about your grandchildren. Throw those concerns you have about your, your kids, you know, about your future, about, uh, about no rain, okay, or too much rain. I mean, we got to just, we got to toss them. We got to throw them, and you do not want them back, all right? You don't want them back. So throw your cares upon him. Because he cares for you. Observation number four. We're moving on here. God cares for you. That's the observation. As you're discovering this morning, we're not really doing anything that requires rocket scientists. Science here does it. And we're pretty simple. God cares for you. That's uh, observation number four. Now, here's something pretty cool. I like this. I'm going to give you the literal literal. Literal interpretation of those words. God cares for you. That's how it's translated. We see it on the screen. God cares for you. Here's what it literally means. To him, that is God, to God it matters concerning you. So we see the phrase, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Well, that works. But literally it says this, cast all your cares Upon him, because to him it matters concerning you. Don't you like that? You matter to God. What you are wrestling with and what you are stressing over, it matters to God. Because you matter to God. Cast all your cares upon him, because you matter. To God. Well, let's talk about applying this stuff, all right? We're coming to the end of our four observations. If you're following along with your bulletin, you're going to see that. Now we're talking about application. Let's talk application. Number one, here's your application. Listen to this God cares. But he cannot care for you unless you are part of the family. Okay? So there's a universal truth about God. God does care. And he cares about you. 
but he cannot really care for you unless you are part of his family. We're talking about salvation here. You see, we think we belong to the family because we come to church or because we don't do certain things. And because we come to church or we don't do certain things, we, we come to the conclusion that, well, God must be really pleased with me and I must be part of his family. That's not how it works. To be a part of God's family, we've got to come to the realization that, you know, I am a sinner. And I am bound for hell, and I don't want to go there. And of course, God has made a way, hasn't he? It's through faith in Jesus Christ. And when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, we become part of his family. And when we're part of his family, he can really care for us. Let's just think about that a little bit regarding that family analogy, right? You're going to care for your kids in a deeper personal level than you would care for me if I was sick, right? Our ki your kids have a temperature. And you're going to do everything that you can do to reduce that temperature and help your child on to wellness. Well, since I have a temperature but I'm not part of your family, you're going to say, well, you better hope Nancy does something for you, Brian, otherwise you're going to die, okay? It's not because you don't care. You do care. But you really care about that person who is part of your family, right? That's why I say when it comes to application, you know, God does care. He cares for you. But he cannot care for you unless you are part of his family. And so, therefore, you are confronted with a choice. You're being challenged this morning from the pulpit. Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ and become part of his family? If so, he cares for you. If not, God's concerned that you're pretty much on your own because he can't care for you like he can for his family members. So where are you spiritually as far as your relationship with God? You need to make that right. You need to know him as your Lord and Savior. And I would love to help you. If you've got question marks about that, some hesitation, or you just deep in your spirit, you're going, Buh, I just don't know. I think I need to get this figured out. Please talk to me, okay? Please talk to me. I'd love to sit down. It's not difficult. It's not a bad thing that you're this way. Just be thankful that you are wrestling with this because God is knocking on the door of your heart. So it's good to be wrestling and have some concern. So talk to me about it. So application one, God cares. But he cannot care for you unless you are part of his family. Number two, here's second application. There is a destination for your cares and worries. Okay? There is a destination for your cares, for your anxiety, for your worry. Okay, you memorize the verse, right? You tell me, where's the destination when it comes to your cares and anxieties? Cast all your cares upon him. See the destination? See the destination? Okay. Cast your cares and worries upon him because it matters to him about you. It matters to God about you. Cast it upon him. Here's what, here's what the world does, though. 
we have a substitute. Instead of casting our anxiety and our worries on him, on Jesus Christ, well, we cast it on our spouse, thinking our spouse is supposed to alleviate what it is we're going through or to make us feel better. Uh, we, or even we try to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, right? So a great emphasis is placed upon self. We try to man up or woman up, I guess, you know, try and take care of ourselves. You know, so that's a misplaced destination. Uh, when it gets real bad, some people turn to alcohol or they turn to drugs, okay? Wrong destination. Uh, they turn to money. Spend a little money to feel a little better, okay? That whole idea. In order to truly experience the care and the relief that God wants to bring into your life, you got to hit the destination. You got to hit the destination. Cast all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we cast all our cares upon you. And we lay all of our burdens down at your feet. And any time that we don't know what to do, we will cast all our cares upon you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand and we will <clears throat> close in a song? Thank you.